UN Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez started out the week with a message of hope to open COP25, soon to be undone by a new World Meteorological uh, Organization report, which told us we're likely looking at a 3 to 5 degrees Celsius global average temperature increase and not the 1.5 degrees we're all hoping for. One big oil company made a carbon neutral commitment splash. Another stepped in it yet again with misleading sustainability adverts. Then the Madame of Meme, Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives, she showed us her steel by telling us the USA is in, in the Paris Agreement, regardless of what the scorched earth Trump administration has to say about that. All this and more in This Week in Sustainability. Hi, I'm Mark D'Souza Shields, host of This Week in Sustainability. There's lots of news this week, so let's get right into it. This week started out with Antonio Gutierrez, Secretary General of the United Nations, saying, The human species has been at war with the planet. Now the planet is fighting back. Climate change has escalated into a global climate emergency. But my message, he said, my message at COP25 is not one of despair, but one of hope and successful climate action. He said, in the crucial months ahead, we need to secure more ambitious national commitments particularly from the main emitters, uh, the European Union, China, and United States. He says the technologies that are necessary to make a cooler world possible are already available and signs of hope are multiplying. The public opinion is waking up everywhere. Well, you have to go with his message of hope because the alternative really is not a happy place. The week's event so far didn't inspire a wholesale amount of hope, however. But there were some good moments. Companies and countries made their pleas and commitments to carbon reductions, building some good news momentum, only to be offset uh, by on Thursday by the uh, World Meteorological Organization report mentioned at the top, as well as the Global Carbon Project yearly emission trend analysis, which points to a rise in 2019 of CO2 emissions of up to 0.6%. We were hoping, of course, for a decline uh, the cause, said the report, is continuing strong growth in the utilization of oil and gas. Uh, more concerning still is that since the 2015 Paris Agreement, global emissions have risen by 4%. Again, not the decline we've been hoping for. Moving along, a lot of folks might say Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is the Congress's queen of social media and has the meme moved down like no other. Well, not me. For me, no one does it any better than the Madame of Meme, Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives. While Nancy may not fancy OAC's Green New Deal as much as I do, she gets the importance of the Paris Climate Agreement and U.S. climate leadership, which she conveyed to us this week at the COP25 with pithy rectitude, saying, We are still in. With these four simple words, the Madame of Meme gave us great hope and surely sent shivers up and down any anti-Trump spine. Moving on, with sales of nearly $60 billion, Repsol is Spain's leading oil company and became the world's first oil major to align with the Paris Agreement goals when it announced this week at COP25 in Madrid it would eliminate all greenhouse gas emissions from its operations by the year 2050. The company was 129th last year on the Forbes top regarded companies list. 
and is now bound to move up. I vote for that anyways. Repsol is going carbon free. Meanwhile, British Petroleum, the UK oil giant, faces greenwashing complaints over its newly launched advertising campaign. This week, lawyers from the incredibly important legal group called Client Earth began a case against BP's misleading impressions on its low carbon credentials. BP, the group claims, has broken the first law of sustainability. Tell the truth and be transparent. Okay, that's my law. I made it up myself. But it's not the first time that the British company has wrapped shiny sustainability words and pictures around its demonstrably poor environmental and social performance. In the years preceding uh, its 2010 deep water explosion, which saw 200 million gallons of oil spilt into the Gulf of Mexico, the company's sustainability reporting had led analysts, not dumb people either, to believe it was one of the safest and one of the most concerned about the environment type companies in the world. Turned out, uh, BP's sustainability reports were great. Great at obfuscating, omitting, and half-truthing. You can judge for yourself if what BP promises in its promo passes the sustainability smell test. Just go to the sustainablecentury.net, check out This Week in Sustainability, and you'll find under BP uh, a video of their promotional advertising. But while you sniff, consider this. Over 96% of BP's planned capital investments in the near future will build everything oil and gas. Not a heck of a lot alternative or low carbon energy is going to be built out for. Let us hope Bernard Looney, who will take over from current BP CEO Bob Dudley early next year, has kids he actually cares about. Uh, If you want to learn a little bit more about how big oil promotional material has changed over the years, check out our new podcast, the Sustainable Century Podcast. It it came out uh, Friday, December 6th, featuring special guest University of Reading linguist Dr. Sylvia Jaworska, who tells us about her study of 13 years worth of big oil sustainability reports. And you can find the podcast and a whole heck of a lot more on the sustainablecentury.net. Findings from a recent World Meteorological Organization report found that we are on course for an increase of 3 to 5 degrees Celsius. That's 5.4 to 9 degrees Fahrenheit by the end of this century. Experts were hoping commitments from the Paris Climate Agreement signatory countries would keep the level below 1.5 degrees. The report suggests a new agreement with higher emissions reductions is necessary. Global climate meetings have always been a time for private sector grandstanding, and that's not always a bad thing. This week at the meetings in Madrid at COP25, construction material giant Kingspan and the agri-food multinational Cargill both made major carbon reduction announcement. Kingspan committed to cutting emissions 10% by the year 2025, primarily through renewable energy, saying it would achieve net zero emissions in manufacturing, all manufacturing, by the year 2030. The company also plans to reduce its supply chain emissions by half over the same time. Uh, Meanwhile, Cargill says it would reduce its supply chain emissions by 30% before the year 2030, including in its heavy carbon or carbon-heavy beef supply chains. While the world hopes Cargill's commitment will provide leadership for other ag and food companies who are most notably behind the carbon curve. 
it's probably not lost on anyone that the agri and food sector is suffering the consequences of climate crisis more than any other sector as unreliable weather patterns put food security at greater risk each year. If you have done any farming in Bangladesh or India, you know this, uh, like you know the back of your hand. Anyways, Carghill is also signatory to the 75 US company, We Are Still In, United for the Paris Agreement Declaration. That declaration was uh, signed this week, or presented this week rather, at COP25 in Madrid. It's a joint US labor union and CEO statement on the Paris Agreement, reaffirming uh, their organization's commitment to the accord. The group, representing some 14 million employees and union members, say progress on addressing climate change is what's best for the economic health of the country, for jobs, for competitiveness, and pretty much for everybody in the country. Citing record temperatures, uh, fiercer hurricanes, destructive wildfires, droughts and flooding, they believe that uh, the economic impacts are just hastening the need for greater action. We have, they say, no time to waste. In an implicit rebuke of the Trump administration, the group said they stand with the 77% of registered American voters and over 4,000 American states, cities, and businesses supporting the Paris Agreement. A commitment to the agreement is not only a commitment to climate, they say, but to labor rights, communities, union members, families, and to the creation of a sustainable economy. The United States is, they say, and will continue to be a climate crisis leader in the transition to a fossil-free world. The Paris Agreement is fundamental to that commitment, they say, as it sets clear goals and enables long-term planning for business and organizations, encouraging the innovation required to achieve low-cost cuts to emissions. The combined potential carbon emission savings of the 75 still-in signatory companies could be greater than the current carbon output of France and Spain combined. The signatories signed off their pledge urging the United States, aka the Trump administration, to join us in staying in. Uh, moving on, celebrities, you've got to love them, especially those like Leo, Leo DiCaprio, that is. This week, DiCaprio mixed it up with the Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro, Trump's fellow scorched earther, oof, who blamed the American actor for setting the Amazon on fire. Bolsonaro blasted Leo for supposedly supporting NGOs that the Brazilian president claims are setting fires on purpose in the Amazon to raise money for their cause, which is to stop the burning of the Amazon. Crazy, right? Well, it's true that the Leonardo DiCaprio Foundation funds NGO projects that protect vulnerable wildlife from extinction while resorting while restoring balance to threatened ecosystems and communities. And it's true that the folks DiCaprio funds are often frontline indigenous folk living in the rainforest. So actually, they're literally around and about the fires all the time. And it is also true that Leo has likely shared outdated or misleading photos of the fires, which serves only to pour fuel on Bolsonaro's ridiculous conspiracy theories. Leo punched back against Bolsonaro, writing in Instagram, he remained committed to supporting Brazilian indigenous communities, local governments, scientists, educators, and the general public who are working tirelessly to secure the Amazon for the future of all Brazilians, and in fact, the future of all the world. Uh, Leo likes to refer to the Amazon as the lungs of the world, which they are. My advice? Make a huge bowl of popcorn, invite some friends over, and do a Leo film marathon. Get the man some more royalties. 
so he can help save the lungs of the world. The last word in this week in sustainability goes to Helen Avery and her most excellent Euro Money article, which appeared this week. It's called Sustainable Finance's Biggest Problems by the People Who Know Best. It's based on data provided by the World Resource Institute. You've heard that name before on This Week in Sustainability. It's a great group. Find them on the internet and give them some money. Anyways, Avery reports there is some consoling hope in green investment trends, yet some notably depressing challenges as well. Given what we know about the carbon doom in the offing, it is stunning, she finds, if sadly not surprising, to learn that the major banks have announced far more financing for fossil fuels than green projects. You should see the data. Check it out at This Week in Sustainability on thesustainablecentury.net. In some other data collected by Bloomberg and cited on the Green Money Journal, another excellent source for uh, sustainable finance, we find that there is over 600 billion US dollars in green debt or bonds currently in the global market these days. And that's a great thing, right? Not so much because green debt uh, is still less than 1% of the outstanding 102.8% eight trillion dollars of global bonds or global debts in the markets these days those are 218 figures anyways to advance green investments avery tells us of the vital and immediate need to better define what a green investment actually is Uh, and there's an equally important need to improve methods of tracking them and most remarkably to ensure that green financing commitments are actually green financing commitments Now, you can check out these and other great insights on responsible and sustainable finance in Euro money. Well, that's a wrap for this week in sustainability. But remember, if you aspire to have more sustainability in your life, check out the Sustainable Century Network at thesustainablecentury.net. It's got podcasts and articles on sustainability news, opinion, lifestyle, do-it-yourself ideas, and a whole heck of a lot more. Also, I just want to remind you to listen to the fantastic Sustainable Century podcast featuring the amazing University of Reading linguist. Yeah, you heard it. She's a linguist, Dr. Sylvia Jaworska, who breaks down 13 years of big oil sustainability reports. Uh, Don't forget also to reserve your place for our upcoming webinar, How to Choose a Sustainability-Minded Financial Advisor. I'll look for more information this month on our website at thesustainablecentury.net. I'm Mark D'Souza Shields, your host of This Week in Sustainability. Thanks for listening. And remember, it's up to you, it's up to us to make this the sustainable century.